Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In today's episode, I am joined by the amazing Ellie Mackay. Ellie is one of the founders of the Combined Property Group and the creator of the On A Mission podcast. She's achieved some amazing things, not least raising $4 million directly from LinkedIn in a 12-month period. So in this interview, we're going to dive into some of how she has done that. So Ellie, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Nick. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, me, me too. Great to have you on. So, um, first of all, I, I, you and I know each other fairly well. We've we've worked together for the last couple of years. I, I see your superpower, if you like, um, above and beyond anything else. You are just unbelievably good at building relationships. Um, and of course, you know that I talk a lot about the importance of connecting and collaborating and forming joint venture partnerships in building an empire. So what is it in your mind that has made you so good at building relationships? And what tips have you got for some of our listeners about how they can do the same? Oh, what a great question. Um, and anyone who follows me online will know that I'm constantly banging on about relationships or the highest form of currency. And I, I truly believe that. I think the quality of the relationships we have ultimately define uh, define our success. And that's not just, just in the business terms. It's quite interesting, really, because you've asked me this five years ago. I didn't think I was a people's person. So, but I, I think perhaps I was um, <laughs> speaking to the wrong people. I, I'm, I'm going to go woo woo straight away, Nick. Which Come on. Not surpri- <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go woo woo. I love it. Something something happened to me a couple of years ago, which ended up sort of changing the course of our business. And I was at a Tony Robbins event, a UPW event, Unleash the Power Within, which, um, as you know, is very high energy, very American, very rah-rah. Um, and yeah, day one, I was just sort of thinking, what on earth am I doing in this kind of environment? This isn't for people like me. I just want, you know, I'm just here to for some sort of tangible business advice. Um, but at the end of the, the fourth day, they'd completely broken me down and I was skipping out of there, high-fiving anyone that I could see. Um, but, but the main take-home for me after that event was focusing more on, I, I switched my focus from what I could get from other people to what I could give other people. Um, and, and let me give a bit of context. And although we've got multiple businesses, one I'm probably best known for is our, our property investment business. And a big part of what I do, and you mentioned there about raising the £4 million on LinkedIn, a big part of my job role, if you like, is, um, is connecting with people. It's um, bringing in the finance because it's investor finance that we use to ultimately um, fund our own property portfolio and, and build the wealth of our clients and up until this UPW event I found if I was chatting to somebody at a networking event or in any sort of social situation and they were a high net worth so a barrister or or anything like that which would typically be your avatar someone that's cash rich and time poor I would find myself almost switching off to what they were saying and thinking about how I could orchestrate the conversation to the fact that we were property investors and look at, you know, potentially how we can uh, do business together. 
And it wasn't until after that event I really started focusing on getting to know people on a deeper level, um, connecting um, from a place of authenticity and focusing more on what I can do to help and serve other people. Um, But without the caveat being here, without um, coming from a place of entitlement or expectation, Um, And all I can say is, I don't know what the science is to back this up, but from that point onwards, it was like the floodgates opened and we never found it easier to raise finance and we were were actually putting a lot less emphasis on it. So so I suppose that was at the start of me really understanding um, about the the relationship element of things. And I think as well... By the way, first of all, um, thank you for your honesty, because I think a lot of people operate from that place but don't like to admit it. So yeah. a lot of people operate when they're networking, attending events, they're, they're, they're collaborating, they're discussing potential business relationships or, or partnerships. The truth is they're coming from a place of what can I get from this? Mm-hmm. And um, so I appreciate your honesty um, and candor to share. Actually, that is where you were coming from. Um, and that since you've, switched your perspective and started to focus more on what can I give? How can I contribute to this person um, or, or, or to this business? If you're dealing with a business that since then it's ironic, isn't it? That when you stop focusing on what you can get and start focusing on what you can give, you get a load more. Yeah. And I suppose that's the woo woo bit. There's no, there's no scientific explanation for that, that I can give. Um, I think, the only way for you to really get that lesson is to experience it for yourself. You can listen to, to myself and Ellie and other people on our podcast or her podcast discuss this, but the only way you're really going to get that lesson is for uh, it is from doing it, experiencing it for yourself. So yeah, th- thanks for thanks for sharing um, honestly about that. I appreciate that a lot. So um, yeah, you, you were gonna. I think you were going to talk about then what distinctions you've made as far as relationship building go beyond that since that event two years ago? Yeah, again, it's sort of on a similar theme. I have found with my um, with my online, I see my online persona, if you like, actually, that, that, that I couldn't have articulated that um, <laughs> any worse, really, because the, the whole point of putting yourself out there is, is to represent yourself authentically, And you hear that a lot. Uh, I use my social media as an extension of myself. But when you say to people just to go out there and present themselves in an honest and truthful manner, it's like, well, what does that even mean? We all have so many facets and things to our personality. But but the irony being, I I feel like the more of my personality that I share, the more of the uh, vulnerabilities, because life is challenging. We run multiple businesses. I've got a, a young family. I find the more I share about the kind of behind the scenes stuff, the entrepreneurial roller coaster, the the highs and the lows, that they're the posts that tend to really resonate with people. And you might think, well, what, what's that got to do with business? What's that got to do specifically with, with raising finance? But they tend to be the posts that really connect with people. Um, and, and they're the posts that we onboard the most clients from. Uh, Look, so, people, yeah. people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Yes. And if you're like guarded and they've got your, your barrier down or the shutters up or whatever you want to call it, and you're not um, sharing the truth about what might be going on for you behind the scenes, then, then I think that unconsciously people pick that up. Um, and I think what you do brilliantly is share, as you just did here 
um, right at the start of this this episode with me um, and with our audience. You share openly about the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, um, because it isn't all sunshine and rainbows, right? And I think you sharing that actually attracts more potential partners, in your case, investors towards you. Um, now, the platform you've had most success on yes. is LinkedIn. I know you love LinkedIn. I know LinkedIn loves you as well because you've built an amazing following there, um, highly engaged as well, not just volume of connections, but engagement with connections. And so you probably already start to touch on this a little bit about sharing, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, I guess, to a certain extent. So what, what tactics can you recommend to maybe somebody listening to this, they listen to the Empire Builders podcast, they want to um, build their audience, they want to increase engagement. Ultimately, they want that interaction to result in some form of commercial um, relationship, whether that's, in your case, it's you know raising investment or it might be that they're selling a product or service. Like what, in your mind, what's your process and... What tactics have you deployed that have been most effective on LinkedIn? Mm, it's interesting. Um, I, I, so obviously we, we share our values on a daily basis with the, the, the kind of content that we put out there. But yet again, as we're showcasing the work we do, so in our case, predominantly the property investment side of things, you're, you're showing people again the, the kind of the, the, the warts and all, the more the behind the scenes processes, the trials and the tribulations, because you mentioned earlier, people need to like, know and trust you. I think that's never been more um, sort of prevalent when it comes to property investment, because people want, they want to know that their money's safe. Uh, people want, you know, the, so you've got to, with any form of marketing, you're always reverse engineering your message. Who is your avatar? You need to be very clear on that. And the great thing about LinkedIn is using the sales navigator tool, you can be very specific with with the kind of people that you're trying to connect with. Um, I mentioned earlier the avatar of ours being cash rich, time poor, CEOs, business owners, etc. The you know dentists, uh, typically people that earn more than hundred thousand pounds salary would would be um, our avatar. So there's lists and clever things you can do within the infrastructure of LinkedIn, which are which are super useful. Um, but yeah, I, I think just sharing the successes, sharing the testimonials, but also sharing the challenges and what you've learned from that, because we've had all sorts of situations where, you know, th this is normal business stuff. We've had to, to fire builders halfway through projects. We've had all sorts of things going on. And again, those tend to be the videos and the posts that we attract um, the, the uh, higher amounts of inquiries from, because everyone knows that things can go wrong, not just in property and business and in life but they want to know have you got the um the, the skills and the, the the grit sometimes to be able to deal with those situations how are you going to actually resolve them yeah what what um i'm curious what has been your most successful engaged post or video that you've ever put on linkedin oh well it was interesting it was actually one about um it was one about coronavirus. It was, uh, I'd regurged a post of, I think it was Alan Sugar put it on twist, uh, Twitter about 18 months ago. And, and it was specifically around the media and the way that the media are so negative, which is something I'm quite passionate about. Um, and, the, and they quite often misjudge the mood of the nation. 
And I think that particular post got like 10,000 plus likes. It had well in excess of 100,000 views. It went absolutely crazy. I think we onboarded um, five or six clients off the back of that one post. And it was not a post about invest with us. It wasn't, you weren't selling anything. You were just showing up as you and giving your view and your opinion on a topic that was very, um, I suppose, at the time, highly controversial. Everyone has an opinion on it, which is why you got so much engagement. Yeah, I would say 80% of the content that I put out is not industry specific. It's not to do with property. You obviously have to remind people about what you do. Uh, But ultimately, you've probably heard me say this before, Nick, but it's something I'm very passionate about. You know, it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. Because if people don't know who you are, then quite simply, they can't do business with you. And it's um, the approach I take is is very much the lighthouse, lighthouse approach, which is where you stand tall you shine bright you add value everyone knows what you do but you don't need to be um working like a tugboat in order to to get the same results and people gravitate towards you and i think when you start positioning yourself like that and um you you start to gain a bit of traction and opportunities come in abundance well, I mean, let's just underline what you just said. 80% of the posts of the content you put out are not industry specific. In other words, 80% of the stuff you're putting out is nothing to do with property investing or building wealth through property at all. Mm-hmm. And that's an incredibly high percentage um, to not be focusing on effectively what is your business, your product, the thing you're trying to tell people about and encourage them to move towards you about. It's an incredibly high percentage, but I mean, the fact that you've um, had such great success, you know, we should all, me included, really listen to that. Um, and well, I, mean, I think it, it's the, one of the, the kind of points that I do mention quite a lot is if you look at Richard Branson, he has millions of followers in comparison to Virgin, which has only got a couple of hundred thousand. And that's the same with Elon Musk and Tesla. So when people ask me, should they be building a personal brand or they should be doing it through the company, then of course do both. But for me, the power, we, we do have company pages, which we we pretty much have for omnipresence to get very little engagement. Um, I think ultimately this kind of perhaps slightly outdated corporate approach, the definition of professionalism is is changing. Mm. Ultimately, property investors are 10 a penny. I'm sure there's plenty of competent and experienced people out there that can that can help um, help the, the potential audience to build wealth. But really, if you're looking at building long-term and meaningful relationships, which we are, then I think it's the values and the, the ethics and everything else that really kind of um, resonate with people. And it's quite funny because, you know, we're speaking about the raising finance element of it, but actually that that's almost become secondary secondary for for me now that happens by default we don't tend to have to work terribly hard at that which of course wasn't always the case you know we're we're quite established in this process but and we were mentioning right at the start about relationships being the highest form of, of currency it's the relationships that I've formed from my online presence that I've now taken offline, which to me have been absolutely invaluable. Um, But having that 
having that online presence to back it up, it becomes your CV. So even when you um, meet a potential client elsewhere at you know, a networking event or an in-person uh, in-person gathering they always cross check you off your linkedin uh, but off the back of that now i've been asked to go on some amazing podcasts and um, not not least uh, this one here um but but so many other things as well i've had opportunities to speak in front of large crowds of people i've been able to attract some really high caliber guests for my own uh, for my own podcast and by the way f- feel free to name drop like people should definitely check out the on a mission podcast Give us a, who are some of the names? Like these oh, are- I, I, honestly, it's just been phenomenal. I've had uh, Johnny Nelson. I've had Ricky Hatton. I've had Gerald Ratner. Um, oh, I've, I've, I've had a mental block, Nick. I've obviously had yourself. You're absolutely fantastic. I mean, I was so impressed. Well, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan. So when you, when you announced that you had Johnny Nelson and Ricky Hatton, I'm like, that is amazing, like really impressive um, to be getting those kind of caliber of guests straight out the gate. And, and again, it's worth mentioning, all of this comes from having, these opportunities are created from having a personal brand, of have, from having a following. And um, I know um, from speaking to your partner, Mark, as well, that a lot of additional opportunities in the property business have happened as a result of those relationships that you've now established so yeah it works both ways for sure it's like having the profile in your case on linkedin and high engagement creates these opportunities for you to go on podcasts and raise your personal brand it means that you meet and connect with amazing people that have got influence and then of course massive opportunities stem from that so uh, again Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. I was going to say it's, it's becomes a power of association as well. And um, we're talking about LinkedIn, but actually a couple of these guests as well. I got off the back of my, my sort of recent exposure to Clubhouse, Ryan Babel, who's um, ex-Liverpool Ajax, plays for Galatasaray at the moment. Um, I, I was in a room moderating about property and then pops Ryan Babel, who, if I'm being oh. perfectly frank, not being a football fan, I, I hadn't heard of. And, and, and somebody chimed in and said, oh, you know, is that the real Ryan Babels? Of course, I'm, I'm Googling it. And it's the power of relationships and follow-up. Um, messaging them in real time on Instagram. Do you fancy coming on my podcast? He said yes. And it's quite interesting in in terms of how people uh, approach business, how they approach marketing. We, uh, it can become a quite, uh, we, we prefer to fish in a different pond to everyone else. And although my intention when we set up the podcast was, was very separate, it's more to do with the personal brands and the property side of it. The majority of people you speak to do have an interest in property. And we've ended up signing up quite a few of our high profile clients yeah. off the back of the podcast because they want a portfolio building or they're interested in the, the fixed return element of the products that we offer. So opportunities literally everywhere yeah i think um i'd love to find out more from you if you don't mind about linkedin in particular i think we've covered off you know the type of content that you publish 80 percent of which is nothing to do with property um you know you publish stuff about coronavirus and you publish stuff about your opinions and i think it's okay for me to say this but you're not the kind of person to um keep quiet and whisper in the background you're the kind of person who's gonna shout from the rooftops this is what i believe in this is what i stand for and i think that's one of your greatest assets so my question is what next how do you then because the big my biggest grumble with linkedin and i'm sure you get this a lot of people listening to this episode who are on linkedin it's like people just like 
immediately DMing you, pitching you, trying to sell your stuff, trying to get your money, whether that's raising investment or getting you to purchase products or services or whatever it might be. How do you go about, how do you move somebody elegantly from maybe they've, you know, engaged in one of your posts or videos, commented, liked, you know, what, what, how do you move people from engagement through to a, a conversation about investment with you? Yeah, that's a really great question, actually. And it's something that I kind of changed my approach on probably about six months ago, because the reality is it got a lot trickier raising in finance during the pandemic. There was certainly the, the sort of, I would say, from March to August last year, we had to work a lot harder to, to kind of bring that money in. And as much as we were still adopting the lighthouse approach, we had to make it a little bit easier for people to get in touch with us. So yeah, just you have to grab a tugboat every now and then. I think. It's yeah. You, so you, we were perhaps taking it a little bit too far. Uh, you still need to let people know that you're open for business and you still need yep. to put out the calls to actions. And I, th- I, I think that there can be a bit of a, this is a mindset, a mindset thing as well in terms of the selling a lot of people think that they're spamming people if they actually um open the doors for people to be able to do business and i think think there's there's extremes aren't there there's the extreme just like dm and spamming everyone and trying to get their money and sell stuff and then there's the like only publishing content and not ever doing a call to action and not ever letting people know in your words that you're open for business. So, so I guess the question, this has been really useful to get your insight on it. How do you strike that balance? So again, it's sort of your 80-20 rule um, with your industry-specific content, but also when we are doing videos, if we are doing a video walk around of one of our HMOs or what have you, whether it's um, mid-renovation or if we're showcasing something that's complete, whatever it may be, or before and after photos of one of our projects, just a little paragraph at the end. If these are the kind of investment opportunities that you'd be interested in, um, either by building your own property portfolio or working with us on a fixed return basis, um, click on the web form below, click the link below to the web form, um, and then we'll we'll book in a strategy call with you to discuss your needs. And don't be scared to get people to, um, to, to jump through a few hoops, which is a mistake we made in the early days, because you can spend days and days just talking to, if I can be completely frank, tire kickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you have to fill out the form, but you also need to show us proof of funds and you need to show your eligibility to be able to... Um, you know, to, 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 to be able to comply your driver license, et cetera, et cetera, as well. So we do so, all that. So, so most of your call to action on your content videos or posts is click a link, fill in a form, and then we'll, we'll take we'll you through do the process. call. Yeah, a lot of people go straight to the call, but I think because we are quite established and we do get such high volumes of inquiries, you've got to pre-qualify people and just make sure that they're serious before we get to that point. Yeah, good. A um, couple of tactical questions. Link... Do you put that in the post or in the comments below or somewhere else? Uh, we we have actually started doing it. They've changed the algorithms recently. We were doing it in the comments, but it's okay now on the posts. We don't seem to be restricted. Our reach doesn't seem restricted anymore from doing that. Yeah, good. Well, again, the reason I was asking the questions more for my benefit to go. <laughs> I don't. 
we're not really, I mean, I'm certainly not an expert on LinkedIn and I know the algorithms are changing all the time. So I always like to get up to date information from those who know better than I do. So, so that's, that's how you get inbound inquiries. They, they click a link, they fill in a form. What do you do, if anything, when it comes to outreach for like, for, uh, to, to, to build relationships with people on LinkedIn and to ultimately maybe start a conversation with somebody who you might think is your ideal client? I mean, genuinely, it, it all tends to be more at a higher level. So the relationship building that I'm focusing on is, is very much on a, a one-to-many as opposed to sending an individual a direct message on LinkedIn. You know, that that's not really where it's at. It's about focusing on the things like the podcasting where you're going to reach thousands of people in one go um, and sort of doing it that way. Um, and I've got a team now that sort of siphon my inbox for me, you know, for me. And, um, you know, I, I just tend to get the... The, the the top level of inquiries and it's not just by the way when I say inquiries I don't just mean people looking to do business with us I spend a lot of time doing zooms and calls and things with with people at the start of their own journey whether that's property or elsewhere and giving back as well but you just literally don't have time to to filter hundreds of messages a day how, how many posts are you doing on LinkedIn like a week what should what what would be normal for you <sighs> It, it changes. I don't have a, a hard and fast rule, but usually one a day, uh, one one over the course of the weekend. It's worth saying at the start, I was a lot more prolific than that. I was posting two and three times a day to really dominate people's head spaces and to make a, a huge impact. And I think you need to do that if you want to go aggressively. Uh, but I think when you get established, you can just post, uh, you know, when, when I say post when you feel inspired, that doesn't mean that you can't have a load of content backlogged. I've tried outsourcing my LinkedIn. I've tried using external agencies and what have you. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't work. The only person that can represent you, again, for your company brand, not a problem, but the only person that can represent you um, and connect with your audience in an authentic way is you. So that's not something you can outsource. Yeah, great. And by the way, I know I know plenty of people that would uh, disagree with that. I agree completely. I think we've tried and failed with outsourcing social media many times and what i tend to do now is just focus on one or two platforms that i post on myself um, and my team then generally just repurpose that content so it's not them posting as me or anything funky like that we always we always struggled with it um the, the other thing i wanted to talk to you about ellie you're, you're brilliant at as we've said building relationships i know that you you put an absolutely obscene amount of time into physically meeting people, going to events. Obviously, that's been curtailed somewhat over the last year, year and a bit with uh, with the pandemic. But you, I know that you, you know, you attend a lot of um, events, networking meetings, masterminds, etc. So, like, what's your what's your strategy when you're going to some kind of event? You've already mentioned about focusing on what you can, what you can give, what you can contribute. But like maybe just share a little bit of your thinking around that. I mean, uh, the amount of time you spend on the road, as it were, is absolutely crazy. So, like, how how do you how do you justify that to yourself? Well, you know something, Nick and yourself and 
all the other coaches and mentors that I've got in my life will just be sat here like with their head in their hands. I don't have a strategy. My strategy is just to, in the words of one of my coaches, Nick, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the more you connect, the more you collect. No, the more you collect. No, uh, you're right. You're right. The more you connect, the more you connect. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're brilliant at that. You're, you're an absolute ambassador of the more you connect, the more you collect. And I actually, um, I wasn't expecting that answer, but I love it because you don't have a strategy. And that's probably why it works because you, you know, you show up, you're yourself. Um, you know, you don't take life too seriously. You like to have a laugh and a joke and build relationships with people. And then business kind of just naturally happens as a byproduct. And I think sometimes if we try and force it by, um, you know, having a step-by-step, you know, having a, I'm not saying that anyone would have this, but having like a script for when I meet someone, here's what I say. It feels a little bit wooden and a bit impersonal. So I think having, you know, having that freedom, that flexibility, and, you know, you are world-class at building relationships. It's your natural gift. I think, also, people have got to be self-aware enough to know what they're great at. Um, I know, Ellie, you've got two partners in your business, um, your husband and another partner as well in the business. And, and like, they do not have your skill set. They have very different skill sets. So I think yeah. to a certain degree, the self-awareness to go, am I an Ellie Mackay? Am I amazing at meeting people, connecting? Is that what I love doing? In which case, yes, go full throttle on it. Or um, is that not my style? And if that's not your style, personally, I would say, like, don't force yourself into trying to do something you're either not very good at or don't enjoy, but maybe consider partnering with somebody who does have that skill set. Because I think that's why you're, the three of you are such a formidable partnership is you've got very different skill sets. It's just such different dynamics. I mean, as you know from from my, my husband, Mark, he's very operational. He likes his spreadsheets. He likes his detail. You know, he likes his systems and his processes. I mean, that that's all Swahili to me. And the more I try, the more miserable I become. Um, and that's not to say, you know, we're, we're talking sort of specifically around the brand. Of course, there's loads of different ways that you can generate business. You can do do your Facebook ads. You can do your funnels. You can do your LinkedIn ads. You can do your webinars and and, and all the other amazing strategies that we also use, but our most successful form of bringing in clients across any of our businesses is, is through through the personal brand. So kind of take that, take from that what you will. But I think when you start for me, for somebody like myself, um, who doesn't like to get this doesn't this isn't to say I'm not disciplined in my approach to how I live my life, but in terms of how I run my business, if you like, if I start putting too many KPIs on myself for going to an event, then I'm going to take the fun out of that. And that's mm-hmm. going to impact on my ability to, to make genuine and authentic relationships. It's going back to, to pre-2018, pre-UPW, Unleash the Power Within, when I would be talking to somebody and straight away thinking about business relationship over a genuine connection. Yeah, I love that. Love that. And, and I think, you know, it's... Um, yeah, you're a great example of of somebody that's mastered that skill and it's your natural talent. Um, but I love what you said about about you know not putting too much pressure on yourself or measuring or putting KPIs around it. I mean, you know, I'm a, a big fan of having um, ways to measure progress 
um, in the business as a whole. We have every single member of our team has metrics that they report weekly. I'm all for that. And at the same time, there's certain elements, and I think you've just shared that um, in particular, there's certain elements of the business where if you were to put that on yourself, you'd, you'd take the fun and enjoyment out of it, and then you wouldn't want to do it. And as I already said, you, you spend a lot of time, and you invest an incredible amount of time and energy in meeting, connecting with people, um, uh, going to meetings, events, masterminds, networking, etc. And, you know, I suppose if it became more scientific, then you might not feel as compelled to do it. No, you're completely right. But but also for, for transparency, we do we do still operate within quite sort of professional parameters, if you like. I get weekly reports from, from a team on how the posts are performing, what's gravitating, right. how many views we're getting, how many comments we're getting, mm-hmm. um, how many followers we've gained in a particular week, how many connections we've got, how many inquiries we've had, how many of those inquiries have clicked and filled out the form out of those um, people that filled out the form how many have booked a call out of those calls how many have we converted how many have onboarded how many have have paid their upfront fee so we are constantly um, testing and measuring what what's working and not just for ourselves but across the platforms and um, you know there's um, certainly take the marketing side of it seriously Uh, but yeah I think it's it's just a slightly different way of doing it yeah well and and that's a lot of data that you just talked about right there and I think um, that the subtlety of what you said is that you've got a team of people that track all that for you. Mm-hmm. You know that's important, but that doesn't mean that you have to track it all yourself. Because I think what you were saying is if it was down to you to track it all yourself, you probably wouldn't do it. So I think it's, again, it's that self-awareness piece of knowing what your native genius is, what you're, what you're world-class at making sure that you put your time, energy, attention into doing that as much as possible and surround yourself as you build your empire, surround yourself with people who are able to fill in the gaps, do the things that you're not world-class at or that you that you don't really enjoy. That's so, the key to business, isn't it, right there? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think, I think you've got to be self-aware enough to know what you're not great at and bring people in that are great at it, either – maybe as a business partner or employee or contractor or, you know, ultimately it's about filling the gaps so that you've got a well-rounded, I believe, a well-rounded operation. So um, if if somebody wants to connect with you, Ellie, since we've talked so much about connection and building relationships, what's the best way for somebody to do that? Oh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, obviously, uh, Clubhouse, YouTube, the On A Mission podcast, feel free to subscribe to that. Some really good content on there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social platforms apart from TikTok. All the socials. All the socials (laughs) apart from TikTok. Got it. Okay. All the socials apart from TikTok. And and I would would say um, from my side, I'd highly recommend connecting with Ellie on LinkedIn in particular, because, you know, if you want to build your following on LinkedIn, um, if you want to see and model somebody who's already using that platform uh, successfully at a world-class level, then I'd highly recommend connecting with Ellie there. Remember, she's raised, well, over 4 million in finance from LinkedIn in the space of 12 months, which is no mean feat. So yeah, for sure, connect with her on LinkedIn and certainly subscribe to the On A Mission podcast. There's some amazing guests. I'm not talking about me, although I was on it, but, you know, people like Johnny Nelson and Ricky Hatton and, you know, these are like people that have performed 
at the highest level in their chosen area. So certainly check out the On A Mission podcast as well. Ellie McKay, thank you so much for joining us on the Empire Builders podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been phenomenal. Thank you for having me, Nick. Thanks. We'll see you very soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.